Well, turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Psalms, to Psalm 34. Psalm number 34. Hallelujah. Let's look in Psalm 34 and verse 1. We began last week talking about the lifestyle of praise. That there is a lifestyle of thanksgiving and praise and worship that every believer should have. Thanksgiving, praise, and worship affects the environment around us. Can you say amen? amen? Just like we have that thermostat on the back wall, worship, praise, thanksgiving is actually atmosphere control. Just like we, we change, if it gets a little hot, we change the atmosphere with that. If it gets too cold, praise and worship is atmosphere control. Amen. You know, praise is tunnel vision in God's direction. When you truly praise God, you, you put out and filter out all the rest. It's just like that horse with the, the blinders. He's not, you know, thinking about everything else. He's forced to look ahead. That's what praise is. Praise is looking straight ahead where you have nothing in front of you but God. And so the Bible tells us in Psalm 22, 3, God inhabits the praises of his people. Now, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, we are the Israel of God. And so God manifests himself where? In the praises. Notice he doesn't manifest himself in the grumbles. God doesn't manifest himself in complaining and fault finding. God manifests himself in the praises of God. So, the, you know, the Bible says, let the high praises of God be on our lips. Everyone say the high praises. So the high praises of God should be on our lips, not just in our heart. Let's look at Psalm 34. Let's read it. And let's do like we did last week. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Okay, stop right there. Shall continually be just what? In, just in my heart? In my mouth. Keep reading. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I pray that even as we share this word, that you open up your heart today. We can never come to the word and think, well, I've already heard that before. You know, there's a lot of things I've heard that I've forgotten. I have to be reminded all the time. Because just, it's just human nature that, that things, if you don't pursue after them, they're going to slip. And so... You know, even as we're in a place like this, you have to open up your heart. Brother Hagin said this many years ago. He said that a minister can never go further than what the people allow. 
You know, some people think, well, if, you know, they told Jesus, they said, you know, if, if you're the son of God, do this. You know, the Zishel said that. But people said, you know, Jesus even quoted Jesus in his own hometown could not do mighty miracles. Why? Because the Bible says, Mark 6, 5, you read it, it said because of their unbelief. And actually that unbelief was shown in the fact that they had no honor for Jesus. And so because they had no honor, they just thought, well, you know, this is Bubba. We, we changed his diapers and that's his sister there. And, you know, they had no respect for the anointing of God. And so in a meeting, people just think, well, if the minister has it, then he has it. Well, there's, a, there's an element of, you know, you either have the anointing or not. But people can, can put the brakes on in a service. So I want you to just t- take the brakes off today. Amen. Open your heart to what the Word says. Can you say amen? amen. Put our eyes on Him. Yes, amen. Because when we come here, you don't put your eyes on me. I don't put my eyes on you. We all put our eyes on the Lord. And we say, Lord, speak to us today. Yes. And, and what's wonderful about that is the fact that even if, if I don't say something specific to you, the, the Holy Spirit, because he's here, he'll minister something to you. Have you ever been in a service? Like, I mean, it just happens all the time. As the minister's speaking, the Lord begins to just quicken something to you and, and says something that's just for you in just your case. Hallelujah. So Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for touching every hungry heart. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to every person. And Lord, that we'll never be the same in Jesus' name. So the church, and we're talking about the universal church and the local church, should be filled with the praises of God. Real thanksgiving, real praise, and real worship. So we began last week talking about when to praise the Lord. Anyone remember some of that? Amen. At all times. I like that. (laughs) But we're going to give you verses, and we're going to go on from there today. But I just want to highlight a couple things that we said last week. We said, when do we praise the Lord? Every morning. So... As, as soon as the rooster crows, as soon as the alarm clock goes off, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't, don't hit your um, alarm clock and say, grumble, grumble. You know, it's Monday, you know. You know, don't, don't be foolish like somebody had the bumper sticker that said, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Amen. How many know that's not faith? <laughs> and so... We saw that it said every morning, the Bible said, when the sun goes down, we should be praising God. So that that covers a a big expanse of time there. The Bible says, at midnight shall I rise and give thanks to you. The Bible says all the time. The Bible says continually. Or as Miss Deb said, at all times. (laughs) And so... Don't just let things come into your life, to your house, to your car. Don't let just anything come in. You know, talking about strife. Strife, the Bible says, 
where there's strife, there's confusion in every evil work. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. But peace is actually the manifest presence of God. So I want to have the manifest presence of God in my life on a daily basis. How about you? And so our life is to be filled with the praises of God. And so here at the River Church, even if I'm calling those things that be not as though they were, every believer in here is filled with the praises of God. Every greeter is filled with the praises of God. Every usher. I mean, you don't just have to grab me and say, pray for me. I mean, you can grab anybody and say, hey, brother, pray for me. You know, any person can grab and say, hey, you look excited. You look like you're joyful in the things of God. Pray for me right now. Every believer can do that. (laughs) Every believer. You don't have to go to the priest. You don't have to go to the minister. You don't have to go to the person. You know, it's, it's sad that people, and, and this has happened, you know, from the dark ages and, and things like that because there was no light of the, of the church. People think that, well, you know, only the, the priest can understand it. Only the minister can understand it. Only this person. But no, every person can understand the Word of God. Every believer can lay hands on the sick. Every believer can cast out devils. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So I want to... I want you to turn over to Psalm 78. So we begin to talk about when should we praise the Lord. I want to share this morning about where should we praise the Lord. Now, without looking at Scripture, where do you think? Where do you think we should praise the Lord? That's a good answer. (laughs) That's a good answer. Psalm 78. Now let's look in verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known And our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. So number one, where should we praise the Lord? In front of your children. Another way of saying that is at home. Hallelujah. He says... We're not going to hide them from our kids. We're not going to hide it from our kids. We're going to show to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. You know, that's what Deuteronomy 6 says and and talks about to your your children and also having, having the word as frontlets. I mean, the word is supposed to be before you all the time. So the first place... I mean, this is true with anything, isn't it? Everything starts at home. Everything starts at home. So the praises of God start at home. Hallelujah. Isaiah, you don't have to turn there, but Isaiah 38, verse 19. 
it says this, the living, the living, he shall praise thee as I do this day. The father to the children shall make known thy truth. The father to the children. So where does praise happen? It happens at home from the father to the children. And so, you know, even if you, you know, we realize people are in different places. People are single. People have children that are grown. People, you know, have no children. But so, but this, suffice it to say, it starts at home. All our praise starts at home. You know, just like reading our chapter. People say, why do you keep talking about that? Because it's important. It's important that we feed our spirits on the Word of God. So just like we do that at home, we praise God at home. We worship at home. Amen. So when I come to church, it's not about a show. When we come to church, you know, it's not about me trying to play catch up. And um, that's what happens a lot of times is, is people are playing catch up and it's like, oh man, you know, I'm just, you know, they've had a rough week and, and haven't read their Bible. No one in here, but they, they haven't read their Bible. They haven't praised God. They haven't prayed. And so what happens is they come in and they're at a deficit. So what God wants us to do is to be being filled on a daily basis, to be filled on a Monday, to be filled on a Tuesday, to be filled on a Wednesday. I remember back in, um, I graduated Bible school in 1995. And I remember I went back in February of 1996 to a, um, a winter seminar at, um, that Kenneth Hagin Ministries was putting on. And I remember I got there and I felt like I, and I was in an amazing church. This church was in a town uh, much smaller than probably half the size of Dickinson. And they had a thousand plus members. It was a sign and a wonder. And this church was an amazing church. Everybody had been to, to this church. Kenneth Hagen, Oral Roberts, um, Jerry Savelle, Jesse Duplantis, um, Charles Capps, uh, did I say Lester Summerall? And um, um, Rodney Howard Brown, our pastor. Many different people, uh, and, and many more I could name, had been to this church. And, um, but I remember when I went, I felt like I was behind. Why? Because when you're in the, in the word three hours a day, then you go to prayer school, you go to healing school and you're, you're serving. Then when you're not doing that all the time, you, you feel like, man, I'm backslidden. Even though I was walking in a good fellowship, I was doing these things, but I felt like I was behind. The same thing can happen with us if we're not staying in good fellowship with the Lord. And so that's why praise is so important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so that's why we read our chapter. You know, some people think, well, you know, in a church like this, everyone's giving, everyone's tithing. Well, we wish. (laughs) But, you know, here's the problem with all these things is carnality and just being fleshy. Why? Because, and this, this is no condemnation to anybody. So I don't put condemnation on anybody. But what happens in, in other churches, we're talking about other churches, you know, people 
they, they, they have a, a week where they just came out of watching 50 hours of TV and then they come to church and you're supposed to raise them from the dead. Amen. But the, every day, praises of God are going to be in my house. If I slip up on you at your house this week, what are we going to find? Are we going to find the praises of God? Did I choose the... Um, I think we need the foreign headsets to come out because no one's understanding what I'm saying, Vaughn. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, but here's the thing. A lot of times if things are going good, what happens? People stay out. And it's a tendency. It's just a fleshly tendency. If things are going good, yeah, we're rocking along. We're doing pretty good. You know, let's, we'll, we'll come to church about every six weeks, every three months. But then when something happens, something comes up, that's when people, when they need something from God and it's not there. So every day, we're going to keep the praises of God on our lips. Amen. And so what happens, we'll be prepared. So when's the last time we said praise starts at home? When's the last time the kids heard you praising God? Now, it's not for their benefit, but it's just a natural thing. The grandkids come behind Miss Rosemary, and she's in the kitchen, and praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Just something is natural to her. Nothing she's trying to put on. Terry's in, out there working with his tools, and, and Lord, I just thank you for this tool, and I thank you for this, and Lord, I bless you today. Not that he's trying to put on for somebody. Yeah, it's just something natural that comes out of you. The praises of God being on your lips. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I've seen this before. Maybe you can relate, but I've seen many times through the years where you can have a good praise and worship service, and you'll have a lot of people, they want to impose this thought on the, the worship leader or the pastor. Well, you know, as soon as we get going, we just cut it off. As soon as the worship goes and Who's ever felt like that? It's just as soon as we got into a place, it got cut off. Well, the reason why is because those people are not praising God at home. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they came in half dead. And so when, when the praise of God by the, by the seventh or eighth song, then people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we're, we're ready to praise God now. But we should actually come in full. We should actually come in praised up, prayed up, fed up, you know, on the word of God. And so when we do, I mean, when the first note sounds, I mean, even if, if, if the bass just, he accidentally hits a string, people are just like, oh yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's praise God. Let's, let's worship God. See, that should be what it, it's like when we come to church. Not just have the minister do everything. Not just have the minister do all the praying, all, everything. But when, when people come in, that's why David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. Amen. I think I'm just preaching Levine over here. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so praise begins at home. Amen. And so if, if you're not walking, if you feel like this, that you're not walking this, it's an easy change that we do in our life. And say, Lord, I'm going to be a praiser at home. Yeah. 
Even if I praise in, in, in the midst of the congregation, Lord, I'm going to make sure that at home, that's where it starts. Amen. Because what happens many times is people look for other people to do all their praying for them, all their, their reading the Bible. You know, people come and say, well, just put in a good, you know, talk to the big man. Well, you know, he's not a man, the Bible says. You know, talk to the big man upstairs. Have, put in a good word for me. Well, put in a good word for your own self. Pray for your own self. You know, the Bible says in James, if any man's afflicted, let him pray. Don't, don't, you know, hey, I'm afflicted, but you pray for me. The Bible says, is any of, among you merry? Are you joyful? You know, I don't say, hey, Rama, I'm really happy right now. You sing for me. No, if I'm really happy, what's going to happen? There's going to be a song emanating out of my heart. Even if I, you know, people think, well, I can't sing. Well, even if you just make a joyful no noise, even if it sounds like a croak, you can utter worship and praise to God. And that begins at home. And so we have to be unashamed to praise God at home, especially in front of our kids. And so that's actually what makes the environment of heaven as we begin to worship God. And that's what should be going on in every home. Mom and dad praising God, praying in tongues instead of fighting and breaking the furniture. And Amen. <laughs> How much better it would be if we just praise the Lord. And like I said, it's, it's nothing that you do for anyone's benefit. I mean, because that grates people and it grates believers and it grates the world. You know, people, they don't pray, they don't, but they, then they get out and they, they stand on top of a restaurant table and and start speaking in tongues real loud or something, you know. That, <laughs> at the wrong place, the wrong time. Yeah. Amen. But when it's just something that's natural, that's just who you are. And so, God manifests himself where he is revered. Where he's worshipped. Where we honor the Holy Spirit. That's where he's going to manifest himself. Hallelujah. So, this is actually for naught if we don't become a doer of the word. I mean, we can give you 20 scriptures, but unless you begin to practice it, it's all for naught. And so we begin to do this. We, we change our life one day at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. How do you change your life? One step at a time. One habit at a time. One day of praising God leads into two days of praising God. Leads into a week of praising God. Leads into a month of praising God. And your whole life has changed. <coughs> Turn over to Psalm 22. Psalm 22. So number one, where are we supposed to praise God? At home. In front of our family. So we're not going to be, we're not doing it for someone's benefit, but yet at the same time, if something good comes up in our heart, we don't squelch that. Oh, I can't praise God, you know, because so-and-so is here. No, if it's something that's natural, it's just going to flow right out of you. Psalm 22 and 22. 
I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Look in verse 25. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nation shall worship before thee. So number two, we are to worship the Lord in the midst of the great congregation. So is it right when we come in to worship that, that you know, half the people worship and the other half look at the other half thinking they're fanatical? What, what's up with them? No, every, everyone should praise the Lord. And this is not a, this is not a, a charismatic it's not a full gospel. It's not a word of faith. It's not a Baptist. It's not a, I don't care what group you want to say, Baptist, Methodist, anything you want to say. This is Bible. This is Bible. This is Scripture. And so the more we begin to praise the Lord, the more the devil loses control. Why? Because when praises come in, devil goes out. As we begin, praises go in, praises are in our lips, praise in the house of God, the devil goes out the back door. So we're supposed to praise him in the midst of the great congregation. I remember um, hearing this story many years ago, and I can only, and I've said this from time to time, I can only tell you the stories I know, so I can't tell your stories, I can only tell you the ones I know. And so we've had people that get upset about the stories I tell. Sorry, that's the only ones I know. But um, I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> but I remember years ago, Brother Kenneth Hagin tells the story that when he was born again, he was born again and he was in the um, Southern Baptist Church. And so he said that he was in a, a place where they were praying and praising God out loud. Now, he said that was different for us in the Baptist church. And so he said that they were there, and the minister came to the back row, and he asked him, he said, are you a believer? Are you a Christian? He said, yeah, I'm a minister. He said, well, it wouldn't hurt for you to come up here and pray with the rest of them. <laughs> he said he was kind of offended at, at that statement. And so he got up there, and uh, all these people were praying out loud. Praising out loud. And uh, I know the first time I was in, a, in services like that, I thought, oh boy, this is a little different. You know, I've seen strange things here today. And so, but he, he kept, he stayed there. And so he got up there to the front. And as the people were praying, he finally said to somebody, you know, God is not hard of hearing. And he said, yeah, but he's not nervous either. It doesn't bother God if you're loud. It doesn't bother God if you op open up your voice. And so what happened is he went home and he began to study the Bible. And he was going to, you know, study it to prove that they were wrong. And the more and more he studied it, the more he saw, oh, just like in Acts chapter 4. It said that they all with one accord lifted up their voice to praise and to worship God. 
And so what happened is he decided, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to jump in. And what happened is he, he realized, oh, brother, there's a blessing here. And, you know, I'll say the same thing. There's a blessing. There's certain things you're not going to get in a corporate setting. You're just going to get personally that the Lord's going to give you. But there's also certain things the Lord is not going to give you except in a corporate setting. For one reason, the corporate anointing is always much greater than an individual. Why? Because as we come together, we, you know, Jesus had the spirit without measure. That means there was no limit. We do have the spirit by measure, but when we come together as the whole church, the whole body, we have the spirit in a much greater measure. Hallelujah. And, and like one person said, there's, it seems like there's certain things that only happen in a corporate setting. They only happen when you have that kind of anointing. And so just like he did, you just have to just go ahead and jump in. And the more that you begin to praise the Lord, what's going to happen? The more real he's going to be to you. It's just like a person that you fellowship with. It's just like, you know, even a husband and wife can have a relationship but not have fellowship. Fellowship is actually the joy of the relationship. So as you begin to fellowship more and more, what, what happens? The joy is going to be full. Jesus said that your joy may be full. And so that's what the Christian life is about. You know, a lot of times, even in praise and worship services, and, and this is something that actually the Lord's worked on me f- for 20-something years. Why? Because I used to work myself up so bad for a service trying to receive from God. And the, and the problem is, is I would never receive. I would just be like, oh, God, I got to receive. And, and almost just in fear that I was going to miss out. I've learned to take it easy. I've learned just to relax and say, God, I worship you. I praise you. And just relax in the anointing. Some people are just like, they're just a nervous mess and a nervous wreck. And so the Bible says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I've learned just to relax in the presence of God. I've learned just to take it easy in the anointing. And, you know, in a lot of times in a praise and worship setting, people are working too hard. Everybody on the platform is working too hard. The minister's working too hard. Why? Because we're going to make up for the lack of anointing. But when the anointing is there, when the presence of God is there, you don't have to work yourself silly. You just kind of step out of the way. You let the Lord do what he wants to do. You let the presence of God come in and invade the place. You let the glory fill the room. Just like the dedication of Solomon's temple. What do we see? We see the glory of God coming down. The priest cannot even stand to minister. That doesn't mean that they, they hated it. Oh, I can't stand that. No, it means they couldn't stand up under that anointing. Other translations say this. They could not perform their ministerial duties. Wouldn't it be so much better? Look at the prophets of Baal. Remember that one time when Elijah encounter them. Here, here they are. And he says, hey, you go ahead and pray to your gods. And they're shouting and they're, they're carrying on. They're cutting themselves. And he says, hey, cry louder. Maybe, maybe he's gone to the restroom. Your God's gone to the restroom. Maybe he's out on a holiday. He's on a trip. 
and they're cutting themselves and blood's flowing. And then what happens? They, they, they get it prepared again and they, they pour in the, uh, the water in the trenches. He calls on for the fire God, the God who answers by fire. Licks up that water, the sacrifice, and, and, and burns those people up. And so you see that God answers by fire. He wasn't out there like wringing his hands. Oh God, what are you going to do here? What are you going to do? And so it's the same thing with us. If we walk close to him, we walk in the praises of God, we're not going to be wringing our hands. God, how are you going to do this? Do you know there's a lot of things I don't know how he's going to do? <laughs> there are certain things I'm believing for God for for this place that I really haven't told many people. Why? Because I overwhelming for that God is our source. The Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's us who we magnify and praise him as. Hallelujah. So number one, at home, privately, we praise the Lord. Number two, publicly. And then look at Psalm 18. We'll get into this last one. Psalm 18, and we're, we're going to look at verse 46. I know in my own life, the more I've praised God, the more conscious I am of Him in my life. I heard someone say this many years ago, and it, it bears repeating. It was this, that the more that he would worship God and spend time praying in other tongues, the more manifestations of the Spirit he would see in his life. So he said, if you don't want any, then don't pray. But the more you pray, because speaking in tongues is not the end, it's the beginning. It's the doorway to the supernatural. So as you begin to pray more and more, what are you doing? You're becoming more aware of your spirit. And you open yourself up to, to walking in the other gifts of the spirit. Same thing with praising God. As you praise him, you become more aware of him. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 18. And look in verse 46. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. And let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. So is there any reason that we should be afraid of violence against us? No, because the Lord delivers us from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto you, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. So we're going to praise the Lord where? At home, public, privately. Number two, publicly. And three, among the heathen. Everyone say, among the heathen. Now, once again, it's not to prove something. I mean, you don't just, you know, on the job, you don't just have to get in somebody's face and just, hallelujah, 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 you know, and just, just make a scene. But at the same time, you're never intimidated. You're never ashamed. You know, that's what Paul said. He said, I'm not ashamed to be called the prisoner of the Lord because a lot of people could be. Well, you know, I've been serving God really hard and 
and I had this bad thing happen, and, you know, I'm just, no. You know what he said? He said, if you suffer for the name of Christ, what are you, gonna, what are you supposed to do? Rejoice. Rejoice. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't have a pity party. No one knows the trouble I've seen. I've just been trying to serve the Lord. No, you rejoice, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in you. I mean, the Bible says that the, the early apostles, it said they, were, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy for his name. They rejoiced because they got beat, beat up. I mean, that's, that's different than a lot of people think nowadays. I mean, some people say a cross word to them, and, and they leave a church. Some, some places, you know, the parking lot attendant didn't speak to them. The pastor didn't, you know, shake their hand the right way. They leave a church. Well, we just need to grow up, don't we? So number three, among the heathen. Among the heathen. So we're never ashamed or intimidated by anyone. And so... You know, I'm not going to deny my faith or what he's done for me, no matter who's around me. Can you say amen? amen? You know, you're not a different person, you know, when you're around other people. You're the same person. You should be the same person all the time. That's why he said, I'll praise the Lord in front of my kids. I'll praise the Lord in the great congregation. I'll praise the Lord in front of of the heathen. You know, the heathen is not necessarily looking for you to praise the name of Jesus, are they? But it doesn't mean that you change because they're wrong. Hey, because someone's not living right doesn't mean I'm going to just, well, you know, I'm sorry that, you know, I'm, you know, people, people cuss and swear and it's like, oh, pardon my French. Oh, pardon you know, they, they don't even know one word in French, but they're just going to, you know, cuss and carry on. That doesn't bother me. But after a while, you know, people kind of take notice of like, oh I'm, oh, I'm sorry about that. It's like, hey, don't worry about it. You know, you're just practicing out of the bunts of your heart. The, your mouth is speaking and leaking out. Don't, don't feel bad about it. It's just what's in you is coming out. <laughs> just make people feel comfortable. Don't worry. You're full of it. So just... You're full of that, you know, vernacular, so just let it come on out. Amen. So what happens? We're, we're never embarrassed. We're never ashamed. You know, never change just because certain people in the room. Well, you know, that, that person's really important. <laughs> but what are our lives supposed to be? Fully committed, unashamed, unintimidated, unashamed to praise the Lord. I remember hearing the story of uh, Pastor John Osteen when he started Lakewood Church. He was in a place one time in Houston, Texas, making a, a transaction for a business transaction. And so he said, as he's there, this owner, you know, he was not the most godly man there, and said that this man was sitting there and um, smoking, chewing this cigar, right, right, blowing smoke right in his face. He said that went on for a while and just cussing like every other breath. You know, some people with, with, when they cuss, you know, they, they can cuss and rhyme. And, you know, it's like an art for them. I'm not saying it's right, but 
you know, that's just the way they know how to express themselves. You know, it's said many years ago and when revival hit in certain areas that they had to retrain the, the donkeys and the mules because all they knew was cuss. But these people got saved and radically touched. They had to retrain them because they didn't know blankety blank blank. And, and so they didn't know, they had to retrain them to all the commands. And so Brother Osteen's in there and this guy's, you know, going on and on. And he's just, you know, cussing here. And he said they got in the elevator and after a, quite a while, then he says, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, the guy about swallowed his cigar. He just said, what? He said, you're going to curse him. I'm going to praise him. I demand equal time. You know, there was another time when, when Brother Osteen was in the elevator and this big banquet he had. He's coming down the elevator. All these people are just, you know, cussing and come from this party. He just lifts his hand. And Brother Osteen was like five foot seven, so he's a little shorter than I am, you know. And he comes up and he's lifting his hands. Oh, praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, they all get off on the next floor. <laughs> Why? Because the devil can't stand praise. Yeah. Yeah. The devil cannot stand the praises of God. Yeah. And if you just mentally assent with me today and say, oh, yeah, that's good, but go do nothing with it, you're not being a doer of the word. Every person can be a praiser. Every person should be a praiser. You just begin by being thankful for the little things in life. You begin by just thanking the Lord. And then you get over into praise. One of the main words for praise is boast. To brag. You should be the biggest braggart where God is concerned. Bragging on your God. Bragging how big he is. Bragging how, what he's going to do. I'm bragging on my God about what he's doing in this building. I brag on God what he's done in this building. I brag on him and what he's brought in our hands. Hallelujah. Sure, sometimes we think in our mind, yes, we should be at a different place in, in such a period of time. But I'm thankful we're not where we were. I'm glad we're not tearing our equipment down every Sunday like we used to. I'm glad it's not all in the back of my car and we have to break it down, put it, you know, touch it four times a Sunday. <laughs> I know Rama is because he'd be helping me if we were. <laughs> but every day, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, in every situation, in every circumstance. Like one minister said, in your pajamas. In everything, in every circumstance. Praising the Lord. Hallelujah. So you just have to stir yourself up today. You have to say, Lord, I'm going to be thankful. Lord, I'm going to praise you. The Bible says this. If you don't praise him, the very rocks and stones are going to cry out. Hallelujah. There's a song, ain't no stone going to take my place. Ain't no rock going to take my place. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I think we just need to practice a little bit just to stir ourselves up. You know, it's like this. If we talk about giving, what do we do? We give. If we talk about praying, then what should we do? 
pray. If we talk about praising, being thankful, what should we do? Praise God. Hallelujah. So I don't want you to forget about everyone around you. I want you to just lift your hands for a minute. Lift your voice. If you're, if you're not comfortable with that, then just, I want you to lift your voice. Just, just magnify the Lord. Just put your eyes on Him. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we purpose in our heart that we're going to be doers of your word. Lord, that your word says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And that I will bless the Lord at all times. Father, we just thank you in every situation, in every circumstance, we will bless the Lord. We will magnify you and we will praise you and bless you. And we will honor you. Hallelujah. Father, we boast in you all the day long. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Thank you that you daily load us with benefits today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're not ashamed. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of you. We're not ashamed to praise you. We're not ashamed to lift our voice. We're not ashamed to, to testify. We're not ashamed to win people to the Lord. We're not ashamed to, to magnify the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that the River Church is a worshiping church, a praising church, a thankful church. And Lord, it's not a, a denominational thing. It's not a, a full gospel message. It is the Word of God. It is the Bible. And Lord, I thank you that we step in. We step out of the natural. We step into your presence. We step out, Lord, of just the, narrow, the narrowness of religious tradition. But Lord, I thank you that we step into the fullness of you. We step into the fullness of your word, to the fullness of your spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Even as the Bible says, I will sing with the spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. Lord, your word says that when we give thanks, Lord, when we give thanks in tongues, Lord, we do so well. So we just give you thanks. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, Lord, we stir up the gift of God. Thank you, Father. Greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you at all times. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise him, Lord. Praise him on the instruments. Praise him with a loud voice. Praise him on the cymbals, the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath. I'm breathing, so I'm praising. I'm breathing, so I'm praising. Who shall declare the great works of the Lord? Hallelujah. We shall magnify you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Now, see what happens when you do that? You notice how just everything just lifted right there. It just lifted. See, that's what happens when you begin to praise. When you begin to worship. Why? Because the devil can't operate in that. He loses his breath in that kind of atmosphere. It's like when you get up in the higher altitudes. When you get up there, you can't breathe like that. Unless you, know, unless you have a pressurized cabin. The enemy can't breathe like that. The higher you go, the higher you go. It might be like snakes on a plane, but guess what? When you get up that high, they're not going to... They're not going to be able to breathe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Just before we go this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. As we begin to worship the Lord and to praise Him, this is a lifestyle for the believer. But if you're in this place and you say, Pastor Will, this, is, this isn't a lifestyle with me. I've never even accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I want to. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But 2,000 years ago, Jesus died that we could be free. So if you you say, I don't know Jesus, but I want to, then we want to pray with you this morning. If you're in this place and you say, I've never accepted Jesus or, or I, I accepted Jesus a long time ago, but I haven't been walking with the Lord. I'm not walking where I should. Things happen in life that, that causes people to be derailed. And so we know that, that, that things, the enemy comes to steer people away. But the Bible tells us that the, the, the good shepherd, the good father, that, that just like the prodigal son when he came back, the father was waiting for him, put that ring on his finger, put the shoes back on his feet, the, the almighty God, he's here. Jesus is here to receive you back and to say, you're forgiven, you're washed, you're cleansed. Amen. Or if you're in this place and simply many people come into this category where they just want to make sure because I think I made a commitment to the Lord, but you know, I, I want to make sure. So if that's you with no one looking around, if you say, pray for me, I want to accept Jesus or I want to come back and I just wanted to make sure, if that's you, just raise your hand. We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Even as you're there, just in an attitude of prayer, As we've spoken this message, this message is not to, you know, the Bible never condemns us. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't talk about that. Well, you begin to do it and, and you, you'll be okay. Well, I wish, you know, you know, sometimes people say, I wish that preacher wouldn't talk about that. You know, it's bringing me into condemnation. Well, that's just people's hearts. That's not, that's not even the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn. He convicts. And so... Anytime we read the Bible, we should always look at it and say, Lord, teach me, feed me, 
And Lord, how do I put this into practice? That's what we should always ask ourselves. So even as we share this today, I want you to just look in your heart and just say, Lord, how can I practice this more? How can I practice this this week? Because that's where the rubber meets the road. God wants us to be doers of the word. And I can just tell you from experience, I haven't arrived. I'm far from having arrived. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. And I can tell you, my life is so much better as I've lived more and more in the praises of God. I'm a more joyful person to be around. (laughs) I'm glad my wife didn't know me when I was not praising God, when I wasn't saved. Because I wouldn't be with her today. That's just the truth. Why? Because I was a a, a rotten rascal. (laughs) But the praises of God. When I got saved, show forth, Peter says this, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Amen. So it's not a show for me. It's not a production you know, it's not the, the musical. It's, it's not anything like that. It's just something comes out of you. You know, if, if, if you stick certain people, what's going to come out of them? A hallelujah. You know, the praises of God. If you, you know, it's just like this. I know certain people in the natural. I know what they're going to look like Tuesday at work. I know what they'll look like on Friday after the work's week is over, and they're underpaid in their own mind, underpaid, work too hard, you know, they take advantage of me and all this. I know that. Why? Because that's what they're full of. But some people, you know what's going to come out of them. Why? Because they're full of God, and they're full of the Word. Amen? And that's what God wants for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I like what Psalm 71, 8 says that, let my mouth be filled with your praise all the day long. Amen. You know, that does it. Don't, I don't want you to just feel like, oh, man, I got so far to go. <laughs> and I, I, how do I keep the praises of God on my lips all the time? You just start. Praise the Lord. Something good happens. Praise God. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for doing that in my life. You know, you get a deal on something. God, thank you for that. You, get, you make a sale. God, thank you for that. You, someone blesses you and, and, and takes you out to Pizza Ranch. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for doing that. I thank you for increasing me. Lord, I thank you for, you know, the, the, the boss asks you to, hey, stay over work eight more hours. Lord, thank you for the extra seed that's coming in because of that. Not grumble, grumble, but Lord, thank you for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, stand up. Sometimes this is one of those messages you just have to preach by faith because sometimes you're not, you don't get a, a lot of um, celebration about it. But it's the word nonetheless. And it's something that we have to do. And here's the thing. I don't make myself praise, praise God because I have to. Oh, man, I got to go praise God. Man, how much have I praised God today? I really got to, I got to, 
stir myself up. No, it's something that just, with joy shall you draw from the wells of salvation. With joy. When you have the joy of the Lord and you have the praises of God, I mean, you're just a, a much nicer person to be around. <laughs> Can you say amen? Grab the uh, hand of your neighbor. Let's pray. The Bible says, pray one for another that you may be healed. And I want you to just pray for them. You know, pray fervently for them and just, just ask God to do something for them. Father, I thank you for every person in this place. Lord, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you that you touched them, that you administer to them. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that as you... Lord, as we pray one for another, thank you for your peace. Thank you for your anointing to touch them. Thank you for your presence to minister to them. And Lord, I just thank you that right now, everything that's not of you shall fall to the side. Everything that's not of you shall dissipate and disappear. And Lord, we just thank you for your goodness in our lives. Thank you so much for loving us. Lord, we just give you all glory. We give you the praise. Thank you, Lord, that this week shall be a week of great blessing, of great harvest. Lord, I thank you for miracles this week. Lord, I thank you for miracles of provision for every person. Lord, I thank you for miracles of provision for this church. I thank you for healings. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for soundness in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you for your protection, that your angels watch over us even now, that as we go from this place, Lord, that no harm or evil can come near us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. The fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Amen. You know, if I need somebody to pray for me, I don't just want like someone, you know, to pray for me. Father God, Father God, if we come to this place, Father God, that, that you, Father God, would just bless this person, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want somebody who, who knows, knows how to pray. I want somebody just to, I mean, make, you ever heard somebody pray and it almost scares you? You're like, <laughs> whoa. That's the kind of heartfelt prayer you need. Can you say amen?